It's a good question. And as we dive in and answer your questions today, let's take off the left eye further. First, I want to say that without you, none of this off the left eye stuff would have happened. Did I ever take the time to tell you that? You coming and watching and sharing and commenting and donating are what took this from just a dream to a force with more than 17 million views and a lot of lives changed from the whole team. Thank you. So now let's take it further, three times further to be exact, because this Giving Tuesday week from December 2nd to December 9th, every dollar that you give gets matched three to one. And beyond the answers we give tonight, we're giving out prizes. Giving at different levels can land you the live recordings of the finale song from our Sweden Jam live event, pocket-sized inspirational quote cards, the presence of angels by Andrea R. Garrison, or a signed CD of Chelsea Odner's album of original spiritual music, Confident Hope. Also, by giving it any amount, you will be entered into raffles, including the potential to win a framed, custom-made portrait of Swedenborg. We find out the winner during next Monday's show. To get the ball rolling and keep it rolling, visit otlegt2019.causevox.com, and you can do that during the show tonight or any time this week to get the match and the prizes. All right, on to your questions. Whoever that guy is, he knows his stuff. You can tell. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's Good Question, Giving Tuesday Special Edition. I know it's Monday, okay? We all know that it's Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in. So we are, as always, going to take your questions. Write them in in the chat. I see you guys there. There will be question answering. There's also going to be some extra fun, though, and, and to d administer that alongside me for this initial segment is Tim Bilger, Director of Development, for the Swedenborg Foundation. It's been, what, a year since we've had you on the show? Welcome uh, back, Tim. Roughly, yes. All right, great to have you here. This is Dr. Jonathan Rose, series editor for the New Social Tradition of Swedenborg's Theological Works. And yeah, right. uh, what today kicks off is our Giving Tuesday campaign. You know we're a nonprofit, right? That we, if you want us to be able to do this next year, we've got to come together and support what this is. And I want to say thanks because some people have already gone to this link here, otlegt2019.coslocks.com, and donated. So we already have something going. I want to say thanks to Highland, to Justine, to Jeffrey, to Doris, to Annie, to Brad, to Tim and Glacy, to Gwen, Lisa, Curtis, and Christopher. Thank you guys so much for believing in us and, and, and believing that this is something that can help people and, and is worth supporting. So that's the link. I said it already. You probably already noticed it first thing. Go there. Make a donation. It's the end of the year. If you feel like you can, that supports us. And as you're going to see in a little bit, there's a matching program, so your donation will go a lot farther. And then we have this thing here where there's some kind of thermometer situation measuring the temperature of our campaign. Tim, What's going on with that? Yeah, so that thermometer is a gauge for our reaching our goal of $20,000. Yeah. And um, we're on our way already, and you'll see that rise. Um, there you go. So we've raised um, over about just under $2,000 so far, and they've been matched dollar for dollar plus times three, and uh, we're approaching $7,500 already raised so, so we're excited for the graphically challenged like myself the yellow is what you all contributed and then the green funked on the end of there is what this generous matching fund we got gives so that your dollars go three times as far mm, that's that's right we've been blessed with a wonderful gift from a from an anonymous couple a donor couple but uh, certainly appreciate their willingness to participate support us and supporting us if that's okay if that's sort of cool but it's not enough we actually have levels of prizes that you're going to get for supporting us if you donate just 25 dollars, what we will do for you 
is give you, okay, so we did a show called Sweden Jam Live, which was in the fall. And as the final number in there, is this guy here, and this is Matt. There's a number of people from our organization got together. Dr. Jonathan Rose was in there for this, uh, what do the kids say, epic jam at the end of it. <laughs> there is unfortunately a video of that, but it's not out on the internet. We'll give you a link to it just for a $25 donation. But then if you go up a tier, what do we get? Yeah, if you go to $50, you get a set of pocket-sized quote, inspira inspirational quotes. They're cards that you can use every day or whenever you feel the need to be inspired by the writings. And uh, there's some wonderful, wonderful thoughts on those cards. These are little snippets of Swedenborg's writings, which can yep. be super potent. If just to take a dose of that, have those somewhere where you're doing your dishes or whatever, and just flip them every day and, and just get this little reminder, kicks you right into the right state of mind. Then up from that, we have, if you give $100, there's a book published by the Swedenborg Foundation called In the Presence of Angels by Andrea Garrison. And this is an awesome reflection on some of the ideas in Swedenborg's works. That can be yours, but that's not all. There's another level that you can go up. $250, you can receive the latest CD, signed CD, Spiritual Music by Chelsea, our very own Chelsea Odner. Yeah. And yes. yeah, personally signed copy. Personally signed. And yeah. if you say, you know what, I want all those things, okay, you can. For $500, you can get all of the above and know that, that you're making a big difference to us. Okay, so that's got to be it, right? I mean, there could never be another. It, that's it. I mean, okay, there's a raffle. There's a raffle. If you just uh, enter at any of those levels, any donation you give puts you into the raffle, and there's three awesome things that you can win. For those, we go to camera two. Two. Yeah, there it is. So uh, we have over here, oh, thanks, that's Cara uh, Vanna Whiting. That Cara will be up here at the desk in just a moment. But that Sweden Jam Live concert I was talking about, look, we have a shirt from that we made for that event signed by everybody who's been working and performing, and you just get a connection to the crew that makes all this happen. And a personalized thank you from us to you. Or if you don't quite want a shirt, hanging on your wall. We also have a fr some framed pictures from that event. Look how handsome Matt looks in that picture. I cannot believe that. And then you've got, there's Curtis, uh, the whole band, there's Chelsea, there's Dr. Jonathan Rose, each signed individually by them. All right, and then Tim, like, one of these things is not like the others. What do we got going on here? One of the things is not like the other. Here's original work of art by artist Matthew Grant. It was commissioned by one of our generous donors and gifted, it's a framed piece, work it's a beautiful piece of work and uh, there's a story behind all different segments of that that painting which we'll share next sunday uh, next monday in more detail yes but uh for anyone giving a hundred dollars or more will have a chance to win that in a raffle that we'll be doing next monday i it's got full of symbolism isn't it well yes, is. what's cool is so there are portraits of swedenborg out there but what was done by this artist is you actually have the, the material in the right, his writings displayed behind him, sort of the, not only are you getting, okay, here's the guy, but this is the worldview that he Here's some concepts, out very there. cool. So, and I'm talking about anytime this week, this entire week, we're starting on this Monday, all the way through to next Monday, whenever you're watching this, give, and you'll be entered into, and we'll, to win, and so next Monday, we will draw, and there will be tears of joy from, for somebody uh, who, who won that thing. Okay, so now, like I said, we're going to answer your questions. So what's been on your mind, and what would you like to hear us talk about? Because we just can't, even during Giving Tuesday, we've got to talk to you guys about some Swedenborg stuff. So the first question that we have is as follows. 
Matthew Bush, how do we know for sure what our dominant or leading love is? Uh, for the uninitiated, Swedenborg says that what we love is what makes us who we are, and that everybody has something that is what he calls the dominant love. This is the thing that really is what motivates us, really what gets us out of bed in the morning, and it's what brings us joy, and it is the thing to which all the other interests we have are eventually subservient. If it really comes down to it, this is the thing we take (laughs) with us if the Titanic is sinking. So, having that be something good is important. How do you know, though? And actually, can you tell me what mine is, you know, live on the air? Yeah, right. <clears throat> that would be a good trick. The, um, <laughs> yeah, Swedenborg says that the, um, we have all these different feelings and emotions, obviously, that we experience all the time. Uh, but he says they're like the arteries and veins in our whole circulatory system. Yeah. And they all come from some central love in ourselves. And so I think for a lot of us, for a lot of our lives, we can't really tell what makes us tick because maybe that's just an artery over here, but it's not the main thing, you know, because very interested in this, but how does that fit in with that? And and how does the whole system work? Swedenborg does say, I think it's in heaven and hell, that um, the wise know about themselves. I I don't know how you get to be wise, but, (laughs) but the, uh, but, but there are wise people who get to know. And one of the ways that he says you can find out, and I don't know exactly how, how this works as a diagnosis, but you look at where your thoughts go, especially when you're by yourself. Okay. When you're in company with others, you may be, you know, trying to please people or or, or whatever kind of stuff. But, but uh, if you, are really truly by yourself and have that sense of kind of mental privacy or something, you know, mm-hmm. like just where do your thoughts go? What are you interested in or what sorts of things delight you in your thinking? And that can give you some idea of, of um, things that go through your spirit. Yeah. And um, he does say that if you can't figure it out for yourself, go to the wise and they can tell you what you're so they so the wise not only what their own know what their own dominant love is yeah. but they can tell what other people's is did i not um, ask you a minute ago uh <laughs> well i is are there any wise people yeah. maybe tim's wise well, tim i'm interested to In hear from you um so <laughs> when you when you first encountered that that concept in Swedenborg, or he's talking about sort of love being what makes up our life. How does that compare to what you'd, you'd heard before, and how did that how does that hit you? Is that something that you feel like, oh yeah, this this can be a tool for me in, in some way? Yeah, I, yeah, it's an interesting comment. It's an interesting topic because uh, when I think about love, um, you know, I think I I oftentimes out in the world we talk about how people uh, there's a I always talk about a challenge of people having a love of self and as yeah. a verse of love of others. And, uh, and um, I've, I've learned in working within um, and learning about the writings of Swedenborg that, you know, love, love is uh, it's a different definition. Right. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I've, I've come to appreciate that in a very different way. Um, and, um, you know, I think about, um, the expression of love for others and supporting others and doing and doing what I I should be doing uh, to be a better person um, yeah. and following the writings and what they mean is, is obviously extremely important so you know? getting yeah, you to I, think about what 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 is not just what is love but what do I love <laughs> what do I love yeah and I really like the element that Tim brought out there because the uh, 
in some ways, the way Swedenborg talks about love is is quite simple in the sense that there's just four basic ones. So trying to they? just get the four in order, you know, and figure out in somebody which is more important than the other. So they would be love of God, love of the neighbor, love of sort of worldly materialism, wealth, all that kind of stuff, and then love of self, self-centeredness yeah. kind of right. thing. And uh, when they're in the right order, Swedenborg says these these perfect you and move your life forward. They're all they're all good in the right order, but it's disorderly when the when the wrong one is dominating. And yeah. so I wonder. I'd never thought about this before, but but what you said, Tim, just got me thinking that I wonder if what the wise are doing there is not so much saying, "Oh, you are this specific exact love," but just saying, "In you, I see that this, you know." care for the neighbor uh, mm-hmm. supersedes like your self-centered concerns right. and stuff like right, you know right. I, I see that in you you know that sort of thing okay. so just get the four pieces and figure out which order they are in. reordering yeah. Yeah. yeah I will say to Matthew um, a handy tool that Swedenborg describes is just notice what pumps you up notice what That's gets right. you excited uh, and a great let's see a great example would be let's say we had a different format for this Giving Tuesday show and there were um, you know, four columns where you could say, I, I'm going to give, or let's say three for now, I want to give in honor of Jonathan, I want to give in honor of Tim, I want to give in honor of Curtis, and let's say we got a bunch of donations, but there was absolutely none in the Curtis row, you know. If I was feeling like, well, I don't care at all that we got the money, it could well be that my love of my reputation supersedes my love of usefulness with Swedenborg Foundation. So that's a silly example, but taking it to if I, because it's hard, because it can all be wrapped up. You know, your love of material gain, your love of self, can be wrapped up in trying to do useful things, which is love of the neighbor. But if one, if there's for something goes forward that does the other two without doing something for self, does it suddenly you lose steam on it? Yes. Then right. okay, we've probably got a little bit of love of self, which we all very much do. Great question, Matthew Bush, and let's uh, let's get to the next one. This one is from Bonnie Bowers. Did Swedenborg pray a lot? even though he always traveled to heaven. Mm. Is prayer, this is a great question, is prayer just something that you do because you can't get anything better? And, you know, the, the one-way communication mm. where you, you know, close your eyes or look up and try to imagine you're, you're talking to, to God, but you don't get anything back. Once you can go, go travel, do you need to do that anymore? Is, is prayer just like, oh, it's, it's the best we've got, so let's do it, but we're not going to do it forever. What do you, what do you think? Do you, do you know? Well... I think Swedenborg was uh, had really been uh, invested in prayer, you could say, since his childhood. He talks about his evening prayers as a child. He was almost sort of holding his breath and, and sometimes feeling so, some sort of heavenly presence or something, even, right. even in his childhood, and being prepared. Um, so I think he was somebody who had prayed a lot in the course of his life. What's interesting about his uh, spiritual experiences, in other words, the accounts the sometimes called memorable relations or memorable occurrences that he has in his published works, uh, very often other people in those stories are praying. And Swedenborg is seldom praying. Uh, What he does instead is he desires. I had an overwhelming desire to know what the people of this, and that moves the action forward. It's like his desire has, it's, it's like his desire and his prayer have, melded in, into one, and he just desires things, and that's what moves the action forward. Uh, and, and so it made me think maybe 
there's prayer and then there's a deeper kind of prayer, which is those prayers of the heart that are just the desires that you're actually receiving yeah. from a divine source that, that sort of pull you forward. I think he was still a major prayer, and I know there are accounts of things. There was a time when um, he was threatened in some way by the, the government. There was some nasty things going on in Swedish politics about him, yeah. and he was very distressed and fell on his knees to pray. You know, So when he was really in extremis, as they say, you know, then then uh, then get on his knees and pray. And I think it was something he did all the time, but it had become so much like his breathing, I think, that that uh, desire, in a way, sort of took over for prayer. Yeah, and there's a ongoing place, at least obviously during the beginning of his transition. I was, you know, reading his journal of dreams, where he's kind of turning from regular person into Swedenborg, yes. as we now think of him, <laughs> and he's uh, doing a lot of like a lot a of lot oh, oh, I'm nothing. Major. I can't do this. I can't make it. Help me, save me. Constant weeping and yeah right he's, he's shuddering and yeah major yeah. major prayer so yeah, he was no stranger to, to prayer yeah. yeah and i do feel like and i could well be subtly misremembering this but there are instances in which let's say there's an angel and him and they are going to go down to some kind of dangerous spiritual neighborhood mm. and they i think pray for protection it could be that it even uses the term asked. It gets complicated because yes. Swedenborg says that the definition of prayer is just speech with God. Right. So there, it's not necessarily tied to a certain position, physical body position or uh, having certain sort of vocal uh, openers and closers on it. Mm-hmm. But yet, um, he also talks about people living a life of prayer continuously if they're living in charity. So it does sort of seem like it became so second nature. He's continually at prayer. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, and I, I, in my own life, I realized at a certain point that some of the prayers that were most um, specifically answered were ones I had never uttered. Yeah. It was just what my heart desired, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know something? I, I only... I think I pray when things are not going well. Right. And, and my is that, I mean, when, when things are going well, I just I tend to get very superficial. <laughs> it's just like, okay, everything's fine. I'm just going to look at my phone. Um, but when things aren't going well, that's when I'll be saying, okay, like, and I don't usually, like, how I do it is often just like, okay, can you, I do have a pretty constant monologue that, that you know, hopefully is some kind of dialogue where I'm like, okay, well, this, well, I'm thinking of it often as an expression of frustration. Like, okay, this is how you're going to do it. That's great. I know that you're doing everything that's great, and this cup is broken on the floor. You know, okay. (laughs) Is that right? Tim, what do you have any thoughts on uh, prayer and the the role of it, and and what's that done for you? Makes me wonder about prayer. I mean, in my in my youth, I think I I I I was probably subject to what you mentioned just a few minutes ago about when I I would pray basically when I was looking for something or something wasn't happening or or something wasn't going my way and or something that I was just you know in search of.
everybody. How was that? So we had a little technical difficulty. We're back. The thing is, that was the internet trying to stop Tim from speaking, but he is going to speak. So you were, you were in the middle of saying something cool about uh, prayer, what you, you used to in your youth, perhaps use it as a tool, you know, when you're looking for something or needed something, but yeah, very enough. I mean, I think I felt like it was, I was using it as a tool, and it was, it was obviously misguided because I, you know, when I think about prayer in, in, in more recent years of my life, I, I try to be in a, I find myself in almost a constant state of prayer because I'm, I'm, I'm you know, in reflecting on, on maybe partially meditating in some ways at thing, on certain topics and things that are happening. But my, I think prayer has become a very important part of my life because it's, it's a way for me to become somewhat centered again if I'm not having um, a particularly good day or, or was just censored like I think might have just occurred here a minute ago. I, who knows? But uh, no, no. But it's, uh, it's, uh, it's. I think, I think, and I think prayer means something different for everybody. I mean, we just shared that between the three of us. So, um, but uh, very much important part of what I do, who I am. Different for everybody. Heaven is different for everybody. Everyone has their own love and wisdom. How could you not have a different, slightly different connection between? We're back. So, <laughs> second time's the charm. Okay, let's just say we're done that question. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. This is why we need your donations, you see? It's very hard to do the computers and the internet and make them all work together like this to deliver the messages we need to deliver. So, what we're going to do now 
is let you guys get a little insight into the world of the team that interacts with all of you. If you've ever commented on a YouTube video, part of what we do, part of the service we provide is we always talk to everybody who wants to talk to us. Because from our perspective, if anyone wants to talk about the material in Swedenborg, we want to make sure that person is cared for and listened to and, and hopefully brought to, you know, interact further and do the next thing. Because we think this stuff is life-changing and we want to make sure nobody misses out on it because nobody was there for them. So we have a whole team of community managers that works to interact with everybody who comes along. And you're going to get to hear from a few of those now in this very video. Hey everyone from Off the Left Eye. This is Chris Dunn. I'm the community manager. And I am uh, I'm with you here from my hometown in New England. Uh, happy Giving Tuesday. I think this is a really awesome time to celebrate some really important milestones that we've received uh, throughout this year. The good news is our operations are growing. Uh, we're getting more and more people to help us reach out to you to support your needs and encourage you, offer you the support and the guidance that uh, our brand's getting known for. And all for the sake of creating a society that is more loving, more wise, and more useful to each other. But we talk with fans from all over the country, in fact, all over the world, who are testifying to the power of Swedenborg's teachings to change their lives, to revolutionize their existence. And it's all because God loves you, and that He believes in you. And so this Giving Tuesday help us support this mission, help us support this growing team that's trying to uh, enable one another to be the best versions of themselves that we can be uh, for this for this cause. I'm Melissa and I just joined the Off the Left Eye team just a few weeks ago as a moderator and I'm so grateful to be here. Off the Left Eye has been huge for me personally. I've been watching the videos for a while. It's been very profound and helpful and I feel really honored to be part of the team. Everybody here is awesome and I think people really want the best for everyone and I feel lucky to be part of that and trying to help people on their spiritual journeys. I think all of us are on a spiritual journey and I think this is a great resource. Uh, I think the community is incredible. I've really enjoyed showing different ways of thinking to people who um, who maybe grew up with ideas that were painful for them or painful for others. I've also learned a lot from other people and how they've implemented um, different ideas from Swedenborg and other spiritual sources, how it's changed their lives and made them better people. And it's inspiring to be part of that community and witnessing that and learning through each other um, ways we want to interact with the world and other people and how to be closer with God. So one of the great things about getting to be a moderator for the Off the Left Eye channel, as well as on Facebook, I moderate the Watching and Reading Swedenborg Facebook group, is that we're getting to see the ideas and principles that Swedenborg teaches really get taken in by other people and applied to their lives. And we can see evidence of this because of how people treat each other in the comments under our videos. And so people, more often than not, you see them engaging with each other in a respectful way that really puts kindness first. And that's one of the principles that we love to live by at Off the Left Eye. So it's just the coolest thing to see our community reflecting those same principles and really bringing them to life. And so in the Watching and Reading Swedenborg Facebook group, it's a large group that you are welcome to join that has 
just Sweden Swedenborgers, as one person put it, or Swedenborgians of all walks of life and varieties from different religions or different denominations of all kinds. And it's really cool to see the discussion that happens there between people where they can acknowledge each other's differences and, and yet still value these shared teachings that, that Swedenborg has given us through his writings. So as a moderator, it's just really great to get to see the, the kindness come through in all of these spaces. And it really feels like these ideas that we have are really going out into the world and making a difference and really transforming people's lives. And that is what just matters the most to us. We believe that the ideas contained in Swedenborg's writings can be of help to a troubled world, but the ideas aren't necessarily easy to understand at first or to absorb. So that's why we feel like having a moderating team is a really important part of the efforts on our channel so that we can share these ideas, but then engage in discussion with you and respond to your questions and hear your stories so that together we can all learn more deeply. I'm going to read a few examples of comments that we got over the weekend that I was responding to. Put on my reading glasses here. One said, I always learn new things on every show. To me, that is truth. And the more truth I digest, the greater is the peace I have in my mind. I am sure that is your point in doing the shows, but I wanted to say it anyway. Yes, that's totally the point in doing the shows. And I love the idea that if, if a source of information is something that you keep learning from every time you come back to it, that rings true, that rings of truth. And that's the case for us on the team too. So we're so glad that people in the audience are feeling that also. This one says, so unbelievably helpful. I am going through a circumstance in my life where I am confronting a situation that involves a narcissist with a personality disorder. Swedenborg describes the world of evil spirits just as if he were discussing modern human psychology. I just never get tired of his insights or this channel's ministry in sharing his writings. I'm inspired by these videos to do what I know is right and then study more Swedenborg. Blessings to you, a great channel. That is so important that these wild ideas that Swedenborg presents of this whole spirit world that engages with our minds and that we interact with can really help us untangle the things that go on in our own psychologies and in our interactions with others. We've heard from many people that that's been extremely helpful in our life. So we feel like that's a really important thing to share. So we just love interacting with you as the moderating team. Um, any support that comes in from our audience or donors, part of that goes to, to being able to maintain a team that can keep talking with you, keep trying to help you with the concepts, having you keep helping us learn more about how they apply to life, um, how they can support us in our grief and give us hope for a, a wonderful, long-term view. Um, that's so important. And thank you so much. We love interacting with you every day. Hey, welcome to the second portion of our Giving Tuesday special Good Questions show. We're going to take more of your questions, but we're new people. I'm Chelsea Odner, not Curtis, as you can tell. And I'm here with Cara Dom and Chris Dunn. And we also have Karin Childs on the line, too. Hey, Karin. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And so, but first, before we get to some questions, let's check our thermometer mm -hmm. for this special good question series. So we've got 
We're growing. Look at that. We're so close to 10,000 with the three to one match that we've got going for this. So the total money raised is getting really close to 10,000 and your gifts are really getting us. So there we are, we're already almost halfway. And again, this is going from this whole week from this Monday to next Monday is when you have a chance to give. And so, and every time, any, any amount that you give will get matched three to one like that. And so whether you're giving right now or you wanna think about it and come back on Giving Tuesday or Giving Wednesday or Giving Thursday, um, <laughs> you can go to otlegt2019.cosvox.com. That's the website. And there's a link in the description if you want to open up that. Um, you can click it and go there from there. But it's also on the screen for you to check if you open up a new browser and want to keep looking at our adorable faces. You can do that. Um, and so... Also, one more thing to check because so you guys have been giving and that's really exciting. And so I want to shout out for some of these people who have given, um, well, anonymous, who means a lot to us, <laughs> Shane, Debbie, Joy, Sharon, Dolly, Kendall, and Lisa. It's wonderful. Wow. Thank you so much. As Curtis said before, um, you know, we're a nonprofit and so everything that you give makes it so that we can just make this programming that really is going out into the world and changing people's lives, which is really wonderful. And we get to hear about how the impact that it's making through the messages that people give to us. And so we have some comments here from people who um, have donated already. And so here's just a few. Thank you so much, my OTLE family, for all the many blessings you have given me in the form of Swedenborg's teachings. Long may you continue with your mission. God bless all and Merry Christmas. And another one, uh, love you folks, have been inspiring and informing me of the truth since I found you in August 2017. Wow. So it's been with us for a while, which is so great. Um, let's see, one more I'll read for now. Thank you again. I cannot tell you in just a few words how much OTLE has changed my life for the better. I recently lost my mother, father, and sister to the spirit world, and the comfort I received from Curtis Childs and his amazing team is irreplaceable. I wish I could donate more per month, but I'm on unpaid sabbatical for the past year, recovering and readjusting my soul and life. Wow. And so that that's an anonymous comment to us right now, but um, that... That just, you know, goes straight to your heart. And that's the kind of messages that we receive so much from people. And it just, we've all been helped, you know, when you're going through a time of grief like that, you do need to rest and, and recuperate and stuff. And these kinds of teachings can be that sort of support. And we're so happy that we have this opportunity and these, the means, you know, the technology today to be able to make the this kind of content, to be able to share these ideas with everyone, which is just really, really powerful stuff. So shall we take some questions? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, All it. right, let's see. What have we got? Okay, Zepman38 asks, must true married love be attained while on earth, or can this be purified and completed after one or both pass on? Hmm. So that's obviously a reference. Married love is that term that Swedenborg talks about where, um, he even gives that unique Latin word, conjugal love, but to really mean this this bond that reflects like the divine marriage of goodness and truth together that then um, men and women can be a reflection of that coming into a partnership and a relationship um, that that lasts to eternity. Um, so what any thoughts from you guys on that? 
to get us started? Yeah, just uh, say briefly, I think that there's tremendous hope in what Swedenborg presents to us about uh, love and marriage and also even just our own spiritual growth. If we start work and we have the intention to, uh, say, have a, a, a good partnership with someone that we love, it does not have to be perfect, but it could be basically a foundation that can continue to be worked on with the Lord and with his angels into the afterlife. So it's really just, can you find a place to start here um, and both commit to that starting place? Uh, that's that's how, at least how I have yeah. read Swedenborg. Uh, and of course, there's lots of people that never find a partner of any kind on mm. this side, but they still have the chance to do so on the other side. So it's completely available li- exclusively in the other life as well. Yes. So it's a sort of this must true married love be attained while on earth. It's like, no, no. there is this whole like we're, it's a long game we're all on, like yeah. this eternal yeah. perspectives. Karin, do you have some thoughts you could give to this question? I agree with you all that, no, it does not have to be completed in this life. Um, It, for the most part, can't be completed in this life. It's like regeneration that starts in this life, which just for regeneration, which is um, spiritual rebirth and connecting with God, um, just to have the basics of having some form of conscience and some form of um, knowing that you've got to serve others outside of yourself as well as yourself, that's enough to get you started. And the whole thing that keeps you going is an openness to the process. And so with with marriage, if you've started on earth and you've just got a basic start and you're trying to care about each other and not be totally self-centered and trying to work through things, um, absolutely that process is going to continue in the afterlife and will keep purifying and getting more rich and full forever and ever, on and on. Yeah, I love that parallel. I mean, and Swedenborg does just plainly point it out that our regeneration goes hand in hand with with our ability to be open mm-hmm. to married love on a personal level. You know, mm-hmm. like that's what really mm-hmm. implants it in our hearts and then how we can share in that in a deeper and deeper partnership Mm. going forward so that's that's great all right (laughs) man thanks for that question let's get another one Ooh, arikiel i like that name Um, (laughs) and arikiel asks can prayers be interfered with interesting Mm. another question on prayer um well okay i'll just i'll i can start off just a little bit um that just one thing that comes to mind is we did a show on the Lord's Prayer, and so I was studying, you know, all the times that Swedenborg just directly c- calls out the Lord's Prayer in particular. So even though we had just had that whole conversation about what is prayer, you know, mm-hmm. it could be this. So, but at least in one case when he's talking about saying the Lord's Prayer, he totally describes these spirits wanting to get in the way and even just like muddy his thoughts like get him off focus like he can't even like Mm. making it really hard to concentrate um and then and even to the point where he says like this feeling of like trying to pull my hands apart like his hands were clasped and they were so like there was some big interference going on in at least one of these occurrences that uh swedenborg writes about so um so that's that's one thing to get nice. the ball rolling. Any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and along those lines, Swedenborg just talks about how any good love, anything good and true that you love is going to be threatened by mm-hmm. the dark forces, the hells, the basement boys, the yes. head bullies. Yes. <laughs> um, so 
I would I could I could put prayer in that category of something mm-hmm. that's good and loving and trying to accomplish something useful. So it could be uh, messed with. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well said. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Karen. Do you have any thoughts? I. I, uh, from what I understand, like it, it's not um, interference in the sense of that God can't hear you. So that's something to keep in mind that I, I agree that like spirits are always trying to mess with our attempts for good action and good connection and everything. But, but God is right there at your core. And so it's not possible that God isn't hearing you and and God isn't with you. It's just your own perception that can be messed with and your your outer self can be feel disconnected and feel interfered with. And yeah, I often experience like I'm trying to get through a prayer and uh, my thoughts keep being distracted as Swedenborg experienced. But I like to think about the fact that God is always right there and it's just my, on my end that I may not be feeling connected or not. And if I just um, keep trusting in that and can even sometimes just say to the Lord, wow, I'm not feeling it right now, but I know you're there and it's okay. <laughs> we'll get through this. Um, just that helps me keep in mind and not be too distressed when that happens in my my own little awareness. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. And does, yeah, doesn't Swedenborg say that like prayer is for us not really it's not for god in terms of like he doesn't need us to pray for you know mm-hmm. to make some connection that way you know to sort of make this relationship good or something it's really for our sake to to bring us into a state into greater awareness like karen was saying of our inner connection that is there to god all the time and how and i love it reminds me of meditation just in terms of like how like the value of the experience isn't necessarily based on how you feel it is, you know, mm-hmm. like you might be praying and it feels like this is getting interfered with. This must not be doing any good. Like there are things that we go through in life that feel like this can't be taking me where I need to be going. And yet part of that is trusting that, you know, the Lord is leading us through all of the states that we go through, you know, and and so sometimes when things look like this wasn't, a, you know, whatever i don't know like a good prayer i don't know what you would call (laughs) that you know like not great marks or something or (laughs) had too much interference it's like well that actually you know turning that over to providence of like okay that is just what was happening Mm -hmm. right now you know i have uh yeah just one quick thought to cap it off too um i remember when i was uh in the catholic faith um there's the idea that prayers uh you can have saints intercede for your prayer yeah um which gave me the idea that uh you know, between me and God, there are a series mm. of things that could become either helpers or herders to mm. my prayers. Mm. Um, but there's a, there was a almost like a, f- yeah, that frequency could get messed up. But uh, when I read about Swedenborg, the idea that like the very capacity for goodness inside of each of us is the Lord stirring in us mm-hmm. and his presence dwells there. Um, it's what makes us truly human that takes away from this like aloofness that Mm. God is somewhere else um, but in reality he's he is so intimately present with you Um, so that interference maybe not as dramatic as I used to think it would be it's rather uh, he's there with you you don't have to worry about that yeah oh really well said that's great 
Thanks. Thanks for your thoughts. And thanks for the question, Arikiel. Really great. Um, really interesting to think about. We've got time for maybe one more. Let's see. Tacitus. What happened to Jesus's physical body? Silence. No, I just... <laughs> any thought jump to mind? I feel like I need to think about it. Mm -hmm. I don't have like an initial Well, thought. just right away... Um... Swedenborg says that Jesus is alone in the fact that Jesus' whole body rose. His human was made glorious, was mm -hmm. glorified, was transformed right. to become the Lord, the Lord, God, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, but I don't know if, you know, I couldn't describe it in terms of physics or anything like that. Let's, let's pass it to Karen for this one. I'm sure she's got some good thoughts. Karen? I was just reading something interesting about this in Swedenborg's Journal of Spiritual Experiences. Um, in general, from what Swedenborg learned, yes, Jesus rose with his whole body, even his physical body, and that's why uh, he could um, appear after his death and resurrection, and he could still touch physical things and yet then disappear or come through walls and yet um, have physical contact with them. So there was um, something very unique there going on um, compared to the rest of us who need to shed this physical layer when we cross over. And I was just reading in the journal, his journal of spiritual experiences where he's trying to explain, and I don't really understand it, but it was um, intriguing that um, with, with the rest of us, uh, we, we are in this fallen state where our outer self are, that connected with our physical bodies has become uh, corrupted enough that it it can't interface with spiritual matter very well. I mean, they're they're totally connected and one kind of within the other. But when we are um, focused on physical world stuff, we're kind of closing the door to our spiritual eyes and sight. And we have to. Swedenborg said he he needed to. Um, remove remove his attention from physical and worldly things in order to have his spiritual sight open and and go into that level of his awareness and that's also i've read um like hin hindu yogis that's kind of what they learn and teach to withdraw from the physical senses in order to um, open up that spiritual sight and that um, spiritual awareness but with jesus uh in this description swedenborg was saying something different was going on where, because as Swedenborg said, Jesus was the perfect person. Um, he was actually able to be going through a process where part of his purification was happening through his physical senses. So as he did not need to withdraw from his physical senses, um, having information and things come through his physical senses, as well as through higher parts of his mind, was actually helping to purify all of him. And so he did, uh, he was able to glorify all of it together. And so somehow that process was happening on all levels, including the physical. And as I say, I don't really understand it, but it's very intriguing. Yeah, that's great. And it just, it reminds me that, like, that's one of those core theological points that Swedenborg makes about Jesus is that it was becoming the first and the last like this this need to be make all levels divine like just the mm -hmm. outermost most physical part of creation and obviously the most transcendent 
divine level and unite those. And I just love, like, I can just like lay back and kind of think about that because there's just something really comforting along the lines of what Karn was saying of knowing our own struggles and everything that we go through with our physical bodies, but to sort of know that God like transformed all of that, like was mm. just is present even in, you know, just how things feel and mm. yeah, physical sensation and everything is really cool. Yeah. Um, any, any other thoughts on that? Anybody wants to share? Mm. Cool. Well, that, yeah. that was, what a great, uh, question. Thanks, Tacitus. Um, it's been great to answer some of these questions and we have another little special feature for you now. Um, so as we mentioned, one of the, at the $250 reward level, you get a signed copy of this album that I just came out with called Confident Hope, um, which I'm very excited about. And so this is um, all original music and I really couldn't have written the songs that are on this album if it weren't for what I've learned through Swedenborg's writings about the Bible and spiritual life, like, and especially the Bible, because it's like that, it can really just seem like such a dead text. Um, and, and I think there's such amazing potential to bring new life or, mm -hmm. or find the life that's really latent in the, in the biblical mm -hmm. text. And I think even in the words, you know, just everything is really sort of powerful to contemplate. And I found this number that really inspired me. And it's on the cover of the album that says, may the bones of the 12 prophets send forth new life from where they lie for they comforted the people of Jacob and delivered them with confident hope. Mm -hmm. And so the, these words of the prophets, and I sort of think of the prophets of the Bible and even, you know, prophecy just in terms of the will of the divine to communicate with us, you know, through whatever means of revelation. Um, and so these songs play with that ability for something that seems dead to bring forth life, like these dead, you know, bones, buried bones in the ground, sending forth new life, um, like it says in that verse. And uh, so it was a total joy to get to write this music and create it. And I'm so excited to get to share it with people now. And so by giving at the $250 level, you get a signed copy and no, just for being here, you get to hear one of the tracks on the album. Um, this song that you're going to hear is called makes bears carries saves. And that's from a verse in Isaiah and all the words that you hear in this song are from the book of Isaiah. Um, and, uh, and I think, I hope it conveys a sort of some of that life that is in the words that you might not get right away if you were just to read the text. So I hope that this, I hope you enjoy it. It's been great to be here. Thanks.
eternity My name is kept holy I'll revive the spirit of the humble And the heart that contrite Whom do you dread? Whom do you fear? So that you lie Do not remember me Nor give me a thought A wind will carry them off A breath will take them away But take refuge in me And on my mountain you will stay Okay, that's us. We're back. <coughs> Pardon me. Now I'm, now I'm all the way back. Rockin' Tune, that can be yours, as you heard. So great to have all of you here, and we appreciate very much the support that you're giving. Look at Dr. Jonathan Rose hey, back here. here. We are. And I'm Curtis, I'm back. and I'm back here. Thanks, everybody, for all the support that we've been getting. I want to shout out some names, because names are connected to people. I want to th say thanks to Tana, or Tana, sorry, Jonathan, Todd, Gina, Jan, Mindy, and Sig, thank you so much mm. for everything that you've done. And we had a question come in with a donation. So we thought we were doing a question and answer show and asking for donations. We gotta pay some attention to this question. The question is, was Swedenborg uncertain about whether hell is a permanent destination? What mm. do you think? That is a, a $64,000 question. Yeah, what do you write um, in there? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I'll. You want to. You want to start up? Yeah. <laughs> um, there 
are a lot of passages uh, where Swedenborg is pretty definite about it. You know, you're ruling love, blah, 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 and, you know, that puts you in heaven or hell, and there Can't be you changed. are. And yet there's some other passages that people have interpreted to mean that actually, well, no, it's a little more flexible than that if you get into the nuances or, or something. And so there's enough room in there that people have seen it in different ways. Yeah. And there's certainly a lot once you dig into the Journal of Spiritual Experiences where he's talking about the elaborate processes that even people who have very hellish lives go through, and they always talk about what it's doing in order to remove right. the, the impulses that they've implanted in themselves and get it so that they can be in some kind of society. It very much seems like there is nev- there's not necessarily a static state in which there's not improvement. Right, right. And I've thought in a way, Swedenborg doesn't use this language, but... Um, that there's hell and then there's hell, hell or something, yeah. uh, you know, and that the the place of punishment, torment, it sounds like, I forget where I got this idea, but after about a hundred years, I get the impression that, that nobody go through, goes through punishment anymore. You figure out how not to be punished. So you're yes. not in hell, hell, anyway, you know what I mean? And so, okay, you, there, there are aspects you can get out of. Swedenborg also says again and again that absolutely everyone is allowed to go to, go to heaven, Right. You know, it's just some people can't breathe or can't stand it or something like that. So it's not like there's just a, no, you absolutely cannot get in. It's that you self-select out if you're not ready to be in that state. Yeah. Yeah. So, And the subtext to all this is like, come on, eternity, God, infinite love and wisdom, love that everybody wants, the purpose of creation is to give everyone heaven. I feel like something's got to give, something's got to happen. Right. I, I definitely hold on to that idea of the the Lord's unceasing efforts to everybody, wherever they are in the system, he's always trying to draw them. Hey. And to what it would what would it be sorry. like if you got a little better than you are? You I'm know? just pa- I'm just like freaking out because look, it was Ubismo who did that question. Oh, and we no have way. it right there. Thanks so much, Ubismo. Now listen, a lot of people have been saying, you're not getting to enough questions. Well, I don't know if anyone said that, but maybe some people were thinking it. And what if they thought it we gotta find a way to make them not think that anymore? So what we're gonna do is go to, to wrap up the show today, the lightning round. Mm. So we're going to, uh, not because we don't want to spend a ton of time on your questions, but simply because there's too many good questions, we are going to answer them quickly. Let's How just say did you spend you, on that sound effect? On that sound effect? effect? That yeah. was every, all the donations we got yeah, yeah, for good. that sound effect. Now, this is so we're going to give you a good answer, but it's going to be a quick answer. Are you ready? Okay. Okay, I'm and good. I'm just going to read them off here. This is from Matt Klein. Even someone who loves truth, love, and wisdom will have earthly things to be purged in the next world. Is it painful, difficult? What is the cleansing process? Mm. It can be painful and difficult, and I think it depends on our level of resistance. Some people, Swedenborg says, actually look forward to it. They realize, oh, I just want to get rid of this junk. And for some people, it happens in their sleep. I was going to say that last one. It's sort of like a dream-like state. Okay, we did it. Uh, Okay, the next one is from Kendall. Since the world of spirits is connected to both heaven and hell, aren't we essentially in the first phase of the world of spirits now? you got to be kidding me. Yeah, because we have a a very much world of spirits-ish state of mind, but what do you think? 
I think so. And part of what argues for that, I think, is the fact that some people, Swedenborg says, at the time of death, go immediately to heaven or hell. And to me, there must be some order to being in the world of spirits. So if some people go immediately to heaven or hell, they must have already been through the world of spirits while they were here. And he does say again and again that our spirits are in that world. You know, we're in that world as far as our spirits are concerned. So I think this is phase one of the world of spirits without all the sensation all the time or something. But... Part of what makes this a lightning round is you say everything that I was wanting to say. Okay, good. It's great. It's great. great. It's, okay. it's, it's efficient. Brit- Brittany Phillips, m- my grandparents both died in 2019. If I die years from now, I worry they may not recognize me when I'm elderly. Will they recognize me? Know how to find me? They were my world. Mm. Definitely, you'll be able to find each other. Everybody comes back into this sort of state of their external, so you'll be able to recognize them. They will know you for sure. I can't explain yeah. it but they'll know you by your unique spirit. Them being your world, is another way to say that is that you love them, and love is what brings people together. That is how people find each other, is the love they have for yeah. each other. Much, a lot of people up there, but it's a magnet. Love is a magnet. Much That's a much better tether to each other than remembering how each other looks, even though I think that won't be a problem either. But yeah, you're going to find them. Actually, you find them. You couldn't not find them yeah, if you got that right. kind of love for them. Okay, Dave Collins, regarding inflow. Do we color the inflow and pass it on to other spirits? Inflow, in, in brief, is that there's one source of life. This is God, which radiates out and is received by all these different vessels, which are all the different living, conscious mm. human beings, whether they're in the next life or this. We are part of this great chain of consciousness where you actually we are receiving life through several steps and different communities in the spiritual world that gets us our unique thoughts and feelings. Do we then? Are there people downstream from us, you know, spirits? What do you think? I think so. Um, Swedenborg talks about the fact that um, when you get a whole aggregate of people who have the same kind of ideas or love, whether it's good or bad, um, there's an atmosphere that radiates from them. And it's like the more people, the more powerful that sphere is. And Swedenborg talked about both very positive and very negative spheres that he would feel from whole groups of people. So it's it, it almost makes it sound like if you were in the midst of that and in accord with it, it would almost be easy to be part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you're not having to fight to be there. You're getting so much support from all around you. I know Swedenborg talks about jamming out to some music and that when he was listening to this music, it was putting the spirits around him, even at times evil spirits, into this blissed this out... bliss. Yeah, that's right. Swoon. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about spirits sort of living in your affection. So there were angels living in his affection of gardening. There's, we are so interconnected that absolutely what we're doing changes the conditions for the spirits we're linked to, so much so that there are spirits directly with us that believe that they're us in that they, everything that we they're cultivate so and latch yeah. onto is stirring up things in them. There is a very, very intimate connection very there, and connection. I think it's a two-way street. Yeah. Good okay. question. Okay. 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 There's one more. Preliminal. Are the negative and positive energies of atoms in the physical universe equal to this world's spiritual distance from God? Let me read it again. Are the negative and positive energies of atoms in physical universe equal to this world's spiritual distance from God? And what I will what I will say, how I will say I read that, is there some kind of mathematical, like a coefficient in there or something? which is, the, you know, the, the nature of our place 
in relationship to the divine center of everything is somehow written into the very fabric of how things are. Mm. Yeah, and what I was thinking about this when the other group was up here as well, that that, um, the idea of what happened to Jesus' body, that uh, there's some passages that say it became uncreate like some things are created and some things you can't create they're just they just are they yeah and one of the things that just is is vibration so you can make particles but the fact of vibration just is and so even on that outermost level of just particles uh like part of swedenborg gives me the idea that one of the things that god loves is to come all the way down into the outermost level and then have it bounce right back and come all the way back you know, and yeah. so it's hard to say where God isn't or how far that is, you know, because Swedenborg even talks about the life or memory in a stone and things like this, that, that it's, uh, the, they have atmospheres and everything, you know, it goes all the way down to the outside and then bounces and, and comes back and it's all sort of suffused with, with divine spirit. It gets dicey. I agree, by the way. It gets dicey when you're talking about distance and God. Yes. Because Yes, that's right. <laughs> because just right. like Swedenborg makes this absolutely bizarre claim that God to God all time is the present. That's right. Go ahead, chew on that for a while. Yeah, that's right. But wouldn't it be also that all space is immediate? Absolutely. On the other hand, Swedenborg goes on and on about how we distance ourselves from God. That's so right. I think there's distance. The distance he's talking about is actually receptivity. So the more we right. close our receptors, you can. It's not the same as we see physical distance, distance here. That yeah. love that I was talking about before, of what draws yeah. you toward in, in a way. As far as like the positive and negative energies, you know, in in like like a pro, proton and, and neutrons, it's not necessarily. It's a, an immediate reflection that the physical world is a full reflection of everything in the spiritual world but as present to it as as the skin is on mm. the muscles. So it's like it's an it's a one to one. You can describe it as an outermost layer, but it's it's just a different canvas on which the divine is being written. Right. And and uh thought is coming back to me that um you have these equal and opposite forces, the strong electromagnetic force and the weak electromagnetic force and these other you know, magnetism or, or what these yeah. I don't know what they are. They're four. <laughs> Nobody them, I think, knows or something, what but, they are. But they're, they all cancel each other out. But they're very powerful, but they cancel each other out. Yeah. But there's one that's unopposed, and that's gravity. And it's the weakest, weakest, feeblest force. No offense. And it swings the galaxies. It moves everything. And so I think this cancel out is like humans are, you know, all our thing. And then there's just this subtle divine sphere that's like, almost nothing and yet it determines how everything plays out it's unopposed there is no force that resists or opposes gravity i don't know that may not be true but that's i true. think it's beautiful whatever it's anything you say is true and Thank you. hey you all moved our galaxies today because we want to say that you know we we were lighthearted about it but the idea that that you would all support us financially and say that this and you're not really supporting us, you're supporting the impact of the ideas on people. And That's every, right. And the support that you're giving is a vote for, we want, you're entrusting us to make sure that we create the machine that can deliver that impact most effectively, and we love doing this with you. So thank you, everybody, who has who has been a part of that. And um, we, this, as we said, this party goes for the entire rest of the week, right? The, you can, if you're watching this in post, go ahead, be giving, oh, look at that. 
we're way up there. Okay, so we've, we've just about 3,000 in gifts here now, which with the matching, we're creeping up on that old 12.5 thousand. Thank you so much, and we will, this is all going to be something that we, we put directly and efficiently into changing people's lives mm, and fantastic. all that. So, um, oh, yeah. Oh, hey, Barbara donated as well as Ronald. So, Barbara and Ronald, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, Ronald left a comment. Thanks for your great videos on YouTube. We, hey, well, you know what? I'm going to remember that. They, they are great, <laughs> no matter what everybody else says. Just kidding. All right. So, <laughs> we will see you one week from now. There is going to be Giving Tuesday, the finale on December 9th, the <laughs> raffle will be decided. There will be more question and answering. See, it's all outside of time and space, really, when you get down to the Giving Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday. What is Tuesday? What does that It can be any time if, if the Lord decrees it to, to yes. be so. So uh, be, give between now and then to help us reach our goal. And just in case you didn't see the link, uh, here it comes. And a big thank you from all of us who have been up here and everyone working at the Foundation to all of you. We'll see you next Monday. Thanks, everyone.